sir, yes sir, welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. Back with my main man Tommy. What up though? So it's it's been a busy week in sports. Um the NFL is in, in full swing. Um had the Hall of Fame game, had the Hall of Fame induction, didn't know DeMarcus Ware could sing. <laughs> man, that blew my mind too. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the 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 brother can carry a tune. Um, HBO released Hard Knocks, New York Jets. Did you get a chance to 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 watch that or any anything? I didn't get a chance to watch that. I did watch the Johnny Manziel, which I thought was pretty dope. Um, <laughs> I um I do want to check out the Jets though. I want to see the hard knocks with the Jets because that they're like a favorite. Like yeah. that, that's different. Yeah, usually the hard knocks be like really terrible teams, you know. But this team is actually a favorite to win. So this this is crazy. Yeah. So I watched it um, last night. I did watch. I did watch the Johnny Manziel um, doc untold on Netflix. I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I'm really curious on what he's doing now. Um, seems like he's in a better place. He's being treated for bipolar. Thought it was very, very interesting that at like the height of his fame, he felt the most miserable. Um, also, know, that was, actually surprised me. Hmm. That surprised me, Rodney. Yeah, it did yeah. too. And then uh, him admitting like he never looked at film. Like zero hours. Yeah, that shocked me too. A lot of stuff in the documentary shocked me because with him being, it seemed like he was just so cocky, you know, mm-hmm. and, and had this arrogance about himself. It just felt like he was the ultimate sportsman. Like he, like he eat, sleep, drink football. And then when I'm watching this, I'm like, this guy really just didn't give a fuck. Like he just wanted to party all the time. Yeah, and like football he just, just went out there and played playground football and then partied (laughs) (laughs) right that's i was like what the fuck so like it's just crazy just to think like how this guy he actually just he really beat the system if you think about it because how did people not know this about him scouts like yeah and then like hell cliff king very kind of beat the system too because he got credit for a lot of johnny mandel the Mazel success and parlay that into an NFL co- coaching job and yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Like that whole Johnny Mazel helped a lot of people, man. And you know, from that documentary, it just it, it was just crazy. Like I thought he went to a horrible organization too, because they you know they they didn't do him no justice either, man. And and I think the last time I heard from Johnny Mazel, remember he was playing arena football, Rodney. Yeah, so he he's bounced around. He was arena football, um, the Canadian Football League. Yes, um, yes, I believe man. he played in like the fans pro fo- fan control football league. I forgot what it was called, but um, I remember him being a part of that. So that's why I said I'm kind of curious on where he's at now, which they didn't really fully answer. I also thought it was interesting how they hid. Um, him making money from autographs and how they created the narrative that his family had already had the money. Uh, 
Johnny was ahead of his time because now in the era of, of name, image, and likeness, um, what he was doing was, was would be legal. Right, and that's what's, what's jacked up about it. You know, I'm hoping that, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm hoping that the NFL and the, the uh, NCAA figure out a way to, um, for old timers, man, to, to get them some money from jersey sales. Because when these guys still, you know, from Michelin, they're selling their jerseys, and then you still want to get the the old college football jersey. I would love to have a, a dope ass Johnny Menzel uh, football jersey. You know, like what about you know? I'm thinking about other teams too. I'm thinking about Chris Weber and Jalen Rose and those jerseys and stuff, man. They should still get paid for some of that stuff, man. Even if it's a small percentage, still support those guys. They still need the money, you know. They're icons. Yeah. So. It's just, uh, it's funny because we're sitting up here having a conversation about Johnny Menzel, name, image, and likeness. And then I completely forgot, because um, they bring this up in the documentary, that Texas A&M had just joined the SEC. Uh, and that was like the one of the big births of when, I guess, college realignment or, or power conferences was really being formed as you you had Texas A&M leave the Big 12 to go play in the SEC. Um, you had Missouri join them. And then eventually you had Nebraska and Rutgers, Maryland come over to the Big 10. Uh, and now, fast forward a few <laughs> years later, I don't know what the hell is going on at this point. You had, you have Washington and Oregon along with UCLA and USC, which we had already knew about joining the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is no longer the Big Ten as we knew it because now you not only have Midwestern teams, you have East Coast teams, and now you have this Western leg. And then to top it all off, you have Arizona, Arizona State. All... Um, just leave the the Big Twelve completely, along with Oklahoma State. They they all leave the the Pac twelve and join the Big Twelve. So I don't know if you call the Big Twelve the Big Sixteen now, but you basically only have four Pac twelve teams left in what is this? Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. And it looks like Oregon State and Washington State are the odd men out because um, last time I heard the ACC was looking into adding um, Cal and Stanford, which I don't know how you do that in terms of <laughs> I think the furthest Western ACC school is Louisville. Right. That's what I was going to say. How the hell is that going to even play out? Like, none of it makes no sense. And the traveling, I don't think people understand the travel aspect in some of these games, especially with football games, too. You're asking well, the fans for a lot. Yeah, I don't think, well, the, the fans, I don't, unless you plan on getting on a ride from New York to L.A. to see, you know, Brokers play U, USC or something. I, <laughs> That's horrible. I'm more so worried about the Missouri football coach, and I can't think of his name. He brought this up about the non-football sports, basketball, volleyball, where you have like a volleyball team that may have to travel from, let's just say, Ann Arbor, East Lansing, to 
Southern Cal to play USC. So that's a lot of wear and tear on um on the non revenue sport athletes. So um mm-hmm. and You're Dion right. got a chance to fire some shots. Uh basically he said y'all criticizing me and everybody chasing the bag when it comes to conference realignment. Yeah. He's right about that. I mean, but it it was happening before he, you know, he even got to uh, Colorado. I, I think he's actually lucky that somebody wants to actually pick him up, you know, because um, the team wasn't really that good. And it's just basically going off of Dion's name. So, you know, I was I'm really surprised. And that they people were actually... the, the first <laughs> um, Pac-12 domino to fall. If you... Right. Which is I'm really surprised. I mean, if you think about it, Rodney, let's let's just really think about this. And you only got to think about it hard. Colorado has not been good in basketball or football or baseball. It don't matter what the hell it is. It just they suck. Yeah, like, I, I'm trying to remember <laughs> last time Colorado was good at a sport. Chauncey Billups in basketball. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. It was probably Chauncey in basketball, and then of course, um. I can't even think for football. Like they've been Cordell horrible. Stewart, for a long time. Class, right, uh, Cordell Stewart. Thing of Rick That's Newhouser with their coach before he left to go to Washington. Uh, yeah, so like that's why I, I was kind of surprised that Arizona and Arizona State weren't the first ones to because we knew this domino was going to fall in the first place, but for Colorado to be selected before some of the other teams. Or maybe other teams was probably thinking like, hey, I want to go to this certain division because that'll make us even better. You yeah, know, well, I know. And the the Big 12 just got a – they – I mean, adding Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really move the needle football-wise, right, the, out of the three teams from the, the, the Pac-12 – Arizona State, maybe was a it was a decent football school, um, but where I do where I do think it moves the needle and makes the the Big Twelve ultra competitive is basketball. Right, Kansas, Kansas State had had a a hell of a run to the, the in the tournament this year. Arizona State. With Coach Hurley coaching them, it's pretty good. Arizona is a it's a legacy school, so so I could see the the Big Twelve and basketball just got got a whole lot better. Um, not sure where Colorado, other than Coach Prime name, fits into that. Same thing with the the Big Ten. Just it's it's the top half half of the Big Ten now. Michigan, Ohio State, USC, UCLA, Oregon. Nuts, man. Just nuts. And like I said, don't forget about Wisconsin because Wisconsin is always good too. Um, I and, just – and Penn State is always in there too. Yeah. And then, and then SEC with Texas um, coming over Oklahoma. You got Texas, Oklahoma, LSU, Alabama – Georgia, 
Florida seems to be on a on a rebound. Old misses under Lane Kiffin looks like he's going to be good for eight wins a season. Um, I don't even with the the Big Twelve additions. When it comes to football, I just feel like the SEC and the Big Ten are stacked. Man, they are stacked. You know, so part of that rumor too, Rodney, that I had sent you. Um, they had mentioned Florida State, and they also had mentioned Clemson. And uh, I don't understand how they, how Florida State and Clemson are trying to move because they're already in a powerful division already. I just, I don't, I don't get how that that's going to work out or what's going to happen with them and how they're in limbo because they they actually want to move on from the division that they're in already. Yeah. So from from what I, what I read, the so the ACC. Uh, doesn't have as great of a TV contract as the uh, SEC and the Big Ten, so so that's one issue. And then two, um, there's a land grant rights, which basically means if Florida State or Clemson were to lose, and I guess the lawyers are looking at it, and I don't want to bore people with it, but it would be like 120 million dollars if if they were to leave. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I get it now. I did hear that before and read about that before. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, why don't you just stay? You, I think that division, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how they don't generate no revenue. Um, but I did see the fan base before. Um, if Florida State isn't winning, Nobody's coming to those games, man. It's bad. Just like Miami, nobody's coming to those games if Florida State isn't winning, and it's really bad. Yeah, and that's why I feel like Clemson is your is the most valuable school in ACC. But in, let's be real, we're talking about TV uh, and and TV rights and, and markets. What's your, so, what's your with- biggest market in it? In the ACC, Atlanta probably with Georgia Tech, but who's tuning in to watch them? Exactly, especially when you got the dogs in there, and the dogs have always been the most popular team there, even though Tech is like literally downtown chilling in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Nobody's really going to. <laughs> yeah, like nobody's going to see Georgia Tech. But I would like to see the Big Ten. We talked about this before too, Rodney. We would like to see the Big Ten – Get down and, and get some southern roots, man, and, and get their roots down in the south. Do you believe that if they do happen to pick up a few teams, just because it's the Big Ten in general, and a lot of people are fans of the conference, that they'll flock to those schools just to just to have those big time rivalries? You got Michigan coming in, you got Ohio State coming in, you got USC coming in. If I'm if I'm a a, a college student and I'm in Clemson or I'm in Florida State, if they happen to pick those teams up. You got all these big time teams coming in. Why wouldn't you want to go to this college so you can go against these awesome teams and see these teams come in? That should generate a fan base right there alone, right? Yeah, but I, so I really think in a perfect world, the Big Ten gets one of them, and then some combination. Because I I feel like the Big Ten and SEC going to twenty teams is going to happen. It's just a matter of what teams they get to, to round it out. And I and I believe you go from a a current hypothetically 
um, power four conferences. Now that we probably will have that to a, a power three. And I believe the Big Ten probably goes after some combination of Clemson, Florida State, with the hope of adding a Notre Dame. Right. Because I, I don't I believe think Notre Dame has like been, uh, like in going in 60 seconds, it's their Eleanor. <laughs> exactly, man. Like, and Notre Dame has a, a huge following, that NBC contract alone. And you get more, you know, you get to have more people. I, I used to love when uh, Michigan or Michigan State would play Notre Dame. And, and some of those games, they'd be night games too. And they would be some of the most amazing games. I think some of the most epic night games was between Notre Dame and Michigan State, man. And and I, I thought that those, I thought those were iconic games. And I need to see those again. It feels like since Notre Dame wind up going to another division, um, just in in certain sports, they they cross over in certain sports, and we lost those division rivalries that we used to have with them, or those are occasional rivalries. Um, yeah, and it I just think it doesn't the feel earliest, the same. if I remember correctly, the earliest the Notre Dame Michigan game could be played is twenty thirty five. That's insane. That is insane, Rodney, to even think about. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I don't believe anything that uh, the Big Ten says anymore. Uh, they say, hey, we're not adding no more teams. We don't want to add any more teams. And then they added more teams. And now they just added some more teams. And now they're thinking about adding some more. So I don't know. Even though they said this, they're cutting it off, they're not adding any more, they're going to add some more. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Stanford doesn't have the appeal, but I feel like it's a, it's a a it goes with – um, what the, the Big Ten likes to do, so I could, and that's why I say I could see them adding a combination of some sort of Cal and Stanford, and then Notre Dame or Clemson or Florida State. I, I don't, I, I by no stretch think that the Big Ten and SEC are done. Exactly, and with all that money and all that revenue now, one thing I used to love about the Big Ten. Like a lot of the games would be close, and they'll they'll play like a, a Appalachian State or, um, you know, of course they'll have their own division. But those guys that get on the bus and they'll drive to those games, it's time to get some jets and some plane tickets now, Rodney, because ain't no bus trip going all the way to Oregon, and ain't no bus trip going to UCLA or USC. Yeah. <laughs> so it's time to get some planes, man. Yeah, so it, it's gonna make for interesting travel, not to be outdone. NFL, this is full swing. We touched on this a little bit earlier. It seems like your Lions are feeling pretty good about themselves. I don't think you go out and sign a Teddy Bridgewater to be your backup unless you think you got a legit chance to not only be a playoff contender, but a contender in general. So, Right, and then, Rodney, did you happen to see some of the training and then some of the uh, the the talks and everything coming out of that training um, that joint practice basically between uh, the Giants and the Lions. They said the Lions dominated on both sides of the ball, man. Like, I never heard about that before. Like, the Lions dominated on both sides of the ball. Usually you hear rumblings like, oh, the Lions offense was lackluster. They couldn't do anything. Or the defense, they got ran on. And, you know, you'll see some people fired up and angry. They said the Lions dominated the Giants on both sides, on defense and offense. Made them look stupid. Yeah, they say yesterday, and this came yesterday, they, it came from a lot of the Giants beat writers. It wasn't even the Lions beat writers that was saying that, that the Lions were dominating 
um, both sides of, of the scrimmage yesterday. Um, I did read today that they felt like it was a little bit more even, although they did say uh, Jameer Gibbs continues to be a problem, a matchup nightmare. Brian Branch had a, had a excellent day. <laughs> Um, and then they said Aiden Hutchinson just looks unstoppable right now. So, yeah, and I saw some video, Rodney. This guy's moving fast as shit, and his six pack is six pack, and he got a fucking fifty pack. I said, "What the hell is he doing?" Like he, man, he looks solid as a rock. Man, he's quick as ever. Like that's insane. If he's gonna be a problem this next season, he's looking like he might be on some JJ Watt type of things, Rodney. Well, he's been tra- apparently he's been talking and training with JJ Watt. So, oh, I get it now because yeah, I see like the spin moves and like the swim moves. I mean, his strength, the first push, his explosiveness. I was like, yo, this is crazy, and not just only him. I mean, Panay Sewell too, man. They they try. I seen the the video. They line people up against him. He just was pushing them back all the way, man. Like I. I'm just blown away. I, I want to see this Lions team. I'm ready for football season to start, Rodney. Yes. So, um, I don't think you'll see any of the Lions starters play on Friday. So. I, you uh, know what? I don't want to see them, though, Rodney. I want to see this young kid drumming. Because everybody's talking about how good he is. Yeah, He's undrafted. He's he, he, another player that dominated yesterday for the Lions. Yeah. A diamond in the rough, Rodney. They said this kid is the truth. And I seen some video on him too. And I'm like, man, his his get off speed. Um, I'm not sure if you know if it's a track meet, you can get him, but the way his breaking speed when he first comes out of man, out of his stance is crazy. And he got some good hands too. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested um to see. I can't wait for the season to start. I do think it's interesting to see. To the, I can't wait for week four when the Jets and Saints play each other because the back and forth between those two um, teams, Sean Payton in, in, in Denver, in, in an unusual move, but a move we used to see back in the day, said the starters are playing the first preseason game. So I, I think that's very, very interesting. Um, curious to see if Russell Wilson has a, a bounce. Back year, um, I know him and CR expecting. I think this is what child number three together. So he has to have a bounce back season, Rodney. And I'm happy that Sean Payton came in. He implemented that. You guys got to play the preseason game because I think that was the problem last season. They didn't play. They bullshitted around, and then they got hit in the mouth the first game, and it just felt like the offense never could really get on get on board. Like they weren't. It was no. No gel, no glue. It just felt like they were just like they were playing, like you said, backyard football before like some Johnny Manziel type shit. I'm like, what is Russ doing? He's just throwing the ball all over the place. Half the plays, the guys aren't going the right routes. It just it felt weird. So they need this. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited for preseason just to see what some of the rookies and people that's fighting for jobs look like. But yeah, um, regular season me immediately. I'm um, I'm just um, excited. Hard knocks was pretty good. I thought it was um, very interesting that 
Aaron Rod Aaron Rodgers looked like a little teenage girl uh, wanting to be lit. Uh, Liv Str- uh, Strider, uh, who was the voice of Hard Knocks. Oh, <laughs> see now, now Rodney, you juicing me. I gotta go see it now, man. I'm gonna check it out. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, I, I haven't done the greenie where I watched it six times, but I watched it once and. And see, and it's the preseason one too. So now I'm excited to see who they're gonna have for the whole season. Yeah, um, I also did like that they um, spent some time touching on uh, Sauce Gardner and, and Garrett Wilson and how you know they make each other better in practice. It was um, pretty neat to see them two kind of go at it, um, but. Yeah, football season's in full gear. Can we talk Team USA basketball real quick? Man, we sure can't now, Rodney. I want to ask you this before we dive into it. Is it just me or this team doesn't look that great? Like, it doesn't seem (laughs) like this is it. I'm laughing because... I forgot who said it, but they were like, this is like the worst USA team of the minor era. And I looked up looked up the roster today, and I go, who picked these players? Like, did all of these stars just back out? <laughs> no. they. Steve Kerr needs to be smacked in the back of the goddamn head, Rodney. They said that he actually chose most of They didn't pick Trey Young, Rodney. They didn't pick a couple of other players, too. And this is the players that Steve Kerr thought were the best players. And he yeah. picked these guys. Jalen Bronson, Anthony. Okay, Anthony Abstract gets Tyrese Halliburton. Josh Hart is on the team. Like him. Why? I don't That's just the, why. Why? For what? For Walker Kelser. For what? Not he's even gonna sure be a, who that is. <laughs> no, no, now look, he plays for the Utah Jazz. He's gonna be good. He's he, this kid's gonna be good. Don't get me wrong. He was a rookie last year. Austin Reeves. Why? Even though he balled, but why though? Bobby Portis. No. Jared Jackson, Cam Johnson. I like I like Jared Jackson. Cam Johnson, no. I don't understand. Cam Johnson will be okay, but no. McKay, it's so many different There's so many different people you could have got. No. Yeah, this this roster is ugly. <laughs> it's a yeah, I don't understand. And and Rodney, look, you have so many different people. We go we can go over who we will replace people with, Rodney. Like you could so okay, out of that roster right there, how many people would you replace, Rodney? Let me see. Paulo can stay. Bridges can go. Brunson can stay. Two. Three. Four, five, six. <laughs> Give me six we and possible. We we on the same page. <laughs> and and I already figured out like who would I replace these people with, but I'm thinking to myself, did some of these people decline? Because I was yeah. looking at Oh, go ahead, Ronnie. Yeah, that was my thought. Like, who who said no? And apparently, 
I mean, this bowled well for the Pistons, but it don't bowl well for Team USA. Kay Cunningham was giving them a business and they warmer practices. <laughs> That's what I was like. Why didn't they even choose Kay? You put Josh Hart and, and Kessler over Kay? Really? I didn't, I just, I didn't understand. Where did Trey Young? I know they like, well, he don't play no defense. He's going to give you fucking 40. He farts threes. And, and nobody plays defense in Europe. Nobody plays defense. And then, right, another thing that blew my mind, too, what happened to uh, SGA? Where's Shea Gillis Alexander? Did he decline? He's a monster. I think he's actually Canadian. I'm actually pretty sure he's Canadian. I don't think he's on the Canadian squad, though, Rodney. I don't know if he – I think he is Canadian, but I think that he would have took the offer for United States, though. With dual citizenship. We've seen that happen plenty of times before. So, I just, a lot of guys would have took the offer. They just didn't, you know, the United States really, I don't know if they even offered most of these guys a chance. Jalen, I know Brown just signed that huge contract for Boston. Tatum, what happened to him? I know Tatum probably had that injury in the playoffs, and they, they he probably needed to rest, but I don't think Brown was hurt. It's just so many different other people. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, yep. I was right. He is. He was born in Toronto. Yeah, I think he he, uh, he played for them uh, the last time that they played. Yeah, I I just, this this roster has to be. This is like pre dream team type roster. Right. You know, they let – I thought about it too, Rodney, because a lot of guys say, well, I will play for the Team U.S. A lot of guys also play for other places too because they say, oh, my grandmother was this or, you know, my grandfather was that. I've seen Cambridge now going to play for Nigeria, and she played for Australia. And I've seen a couple other players too say they're going to play for different countries, you know, because of their family members. So, Yeah, I'm but just, your girl is irrelevant right now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where where this came from. I don't, I don't even think of Nigeria. Nigeria, of course, they would want her. But, um, yeah, I don't think she makes a huge difference going against a Team USA. Yeah. Uh, Rodney, can I mention one disappointment since, we on the, um, since we're talking about basketball? Or, um, and we're just basically talking about Team USA right now. We're talking about United States and Team USA. Uh, the women's soccer. So I'm at home, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm looking crazy, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? How in the hell did they miss these simple goals? Like they it felt like they threw the game. And you get eliminated? Really? This is the first time this has happened ever, right? That I mean, they didn't make it to the field. Like ninety two? For the field of 16, though, Rodney, they usually make it to the field of 16. They didn't even make it to the field of 16. Usually they'll get bumped in the field of 16. They didn't even make it to the field of 16. I know for men, the men got knocked out a few times before they made it. But the women, I don't think the women have got. Because the men are historically terrible, but. Yeah, this blew my mind. Usually it's always like at least a silver or, you know, a, a bronze or something. 
or if not the goal for the women, but this is just, this blew my mind. Yeah, so um, I did read, I want to say it was today in ESPN, or maybe it wasn't ESPN, it was some sports. Um, They were basically saying that this is the last ride for for the coach, and yes, it it needs to be um, get him out of here before the Olympics. Uh, You can't have this disappointment in the Olympics. Uh, So yeah, that, that definitely, USA women's soccer, definitely a low light. I'll give you a positive um, while we're on World Cups. Simone Bias coming back to dominate. All right. Uh, So hopefully this means we'll see her in the 2024 Olympics. Uh, It's always a a good thing when you you have the GOAT around. See, now I love that. I love that. Come and reclaim your crown, girl. And also, it reminded me of Michael Phelps when he did it that one last time, man. So, yeah, come reclaim your crown. And then you can call it after this, you know, if that's what you want to do. Yeah, so, um, I I don't know. The U.S. women, U.S. basketball team, they, they definitely have some work to do um, before the summer. I did watch this morning some... I was about to say highlights, but I'll call them lowlights of the U.S. basketball <laughs> team versus Puerto Rico. They won, but that game just seemed way closer than it normally would be between Puerto Rico and the United States. But So I don't think it bodes well for the U.S. safe future in the World Cup. No, I, I feel you on that, Rodney. It was, it was disappointing. Um to see that Puerto Rico, which isn't really that great of a team, um, that they kept it close the first half, it just, I mean, if you can get some of those other teams that are going to be really tough. We just mentioned Canada. Of course, Spain is always going to give you, a, you know, a tough game in Greece and, and France. And, you know, just a, a lot of those teams are going to give you some tough games, man. They, they're going to give you buckets and they're going to slug it out with you. I'm just trying to figure out where is the scoring going to come from on this team. Um, Steve Kerr might be your best scorer. Because <laughs> <laughs> we just seen Anthony Edwards struggle um, in the playoffs and during the season on most parts. And then Brunson, he's, uh, he's you know, he's, he's streaky. He's a streaky scorer. But you're talking about guys that can go out there and give you consistent buckets every night and put it together. There's not a how can I put this? A ball dominant superstar that can come in and lead the team and take the game over. Um, And you don't have even just looking at like the redeem team or something. Where you had, you know, a younger Melo, a younger LeBron, but you had Kobe coming in to play that alpha role. And that's and that's why I'm disappointed. Like when I, I watched Gilbert Arenas, because Gilbert Arenas was the one who <laughs> who destroyed the team. He said, This is the worst team that I ever seen in my life. He was like, This team isn't even a, a, compares to some of the college teams that we had that graced the the court to go against some of the the teams for the Olympics. And I'm like, damn, he right about that. Like this team is really not that good. 
and it just feels like it's you got silver and bronze written all over it, if that. Yeah, I don't I don't sure. see I don't see silver or bronze. I see early exit. Especially when because if reports are correct and I was reading correctly, the exhibition team there to go against Team USA beat them both times they played. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it just it feels like this team is just missing something, man. And yeah, it's it's disappointing. Yeah, really disappointing. So I'm, I'm just I'm really really curious on moving forward, because um, if if I if I what I what I think happened happened, you have to do something before the 2024 Olympics. Because taking this team to the Olympics is just a downright embarrassment. Right, but like how. How do you hurt some of these guys' pride and you say, hey, uh, you won't be able to make it on this team? Like, we don't think you're a good fit for the team and you replace them. I mean, you got to do, like, the redeemed team. Like, <laughs> when they brought in the <laughs> redeemed team, and kind of, I mean, that's uh, that's that's where it is. But you you need, you you probably not going to get LeBron this late in his career. Probably not going to get a Kevin Durant or a Steph Curry, but you could get possibly a Tatum, a, J- a Jimmy Butler. Right. You can get a Jalen Brown. Yeah, you, you got some options there. Then I mean, I, I, like Ty- I like Tyrese Maxey. I like Trey Young. And if Kate is playing the way he would go – Give me Cade. Yeah. Oh, give me Cade for sure. I that's what I'm kind of shocked at. I'm like, man, like, did they not see what we seen? You put, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I'm still blown away. Cause yeah, like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm still trying to. Maybe I don't look at Josh Hart the way that everybody else do, but I, I don't think he's that good. Huh? I, I, <laughs> no, nah, I am a Josh Hart fan. I think he. He's good at what he does. I, I'll put it like that. Is he Olympic team good? Mm, no. Right. That doesn't even get – so me looking at this team, it also – another thing I love about the, the, the dream teams is that these guys were like – they had the star power, the star factor. I see Michael Jordan on the marquee. I see uh, Charles Barkley. I see LeBron. You know, I'm just going down the list. I see Patrick Ewing. I see those guys. They're big names, big stars. These guys aren't really big name, big stars. It's like, why why would I want to watch them? I mean, I'm watching them because, of course, it's a USA, but I don't really care to watch them. Yeah, I don't don't care to watch them. Um, I probably (laughs) won't watch them, to be honest. I know. Um, That's what I was thinking to myself. I'm like, yo, I, I remember, like, when they first formed the Dream Team, man, I was disappointed and I was pissed off because they didn't have Zeke on there. And I remember the whole controversy. I was still pissed off. But I still wanted to watch them, man. They were smoking teams. They throwing alley-oops yeah, and making it, crazy passes. The, it, it was still must-see TV. Dream Team 2 was must-see TV. The Redeem Team must-see. Hell, I think we're back at the Carlos Boozer led the team before the <laughs> Redeem Team. That's what this team and – this, and this team is worse than that one. Exactly. That's what I'm like. Where's the star power? Like, what? 
like at this point, it's just like you got a bunch of guys. I this is a documentary. This is a documentary, and I don't know if it's gonna be a good one. Coming in the future, sometime. It might be the worst team that we ever seen, Rodney. Yeah, without a doubt. I I I don't know. Don't know what the thought process is. I don't know exactly in twenty twenty four how they plan on retooling it. Um but I I don't see how you can honestly move forward with the team as it's currently constructed. I, I think that would be a gross mistake if, if they moved forward with the team as it currently is. Now I do like I like Brandon Ingram. Um, oh, I love him. He he can stay, but I mean, in my dream scenario, he's not starting. Yeah, he's not starting. See, this team. He's I, I, I want to say maybe it's the maybe it's the injuries, Rodney, and everything, because this team needs to have star power. I see a Zion on this team. I see a Lamelo on this team. I see a Tatum on this team. A Brown, a Trey Young. I want to see those guys. Bring on Jimmy. I know he's a little older, up in age. Bring on Jimmy. Big Game James, where you at, man? You ain't winning no damn championship. Go take your ass on that team. <laughs> that Come would on be now. The closest he'll get to a ring. Right. <laughs> Come on, man. Bring your ass up to Kyrie. You always talking about fighting for rights in, in um the country and all that shit. Go take your ass on that USA team because you ain't winning no ring either. Not in damn Dallas with Luca. Go on there and go have some fun. Come on, guys. Yeah, I just. I don't know, dude. This this team is a, 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 a this team needs Ja team. on there. I know he got the gun charges and all that shit. Come on, Ja. I don't know if he Come can travel overseas. Not trying to be funny. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's Team USA. Be Captain America. Fuck it. Come on, yeah, man. He he might have to get permission from a judge or something. But Rodney, wouldn't that be one hell of a story though? This guy, he he did all this stuff. And he's trying to redeem himself. No better way to put yourself in the spotlight. Uh, oh, yeah, it's a good go. PR move. Ooh, that'll be one hell of a PR move. Somebody should have talked to him about that. You got all those people there. You you can, you can you know, say no to gun violence, whatever, however you feel. Just You can just chalk it on up. You got so many people from different countries talking to you about it. That'll be the best thing ever. Then you go out there and you win. That would be one hell of a PR move. Yeah, I, I just hate the team. <laughs> the team, the team, the team. The team is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I don't I, know what they were thinking. I do. Um, so, it, it's the summer. We got summer TV. I did pick up, I think I talked about this before, the Fresh Print. Fresh Prince Project book by Chris Palmer. I finished it. It's, it is some amazing stories in it. So uh, if you do have a chance, definitely check it out. Um, I thought it was interesting that Alfonso, uh, who played Carlton, had to audition five different times because the studio did not like him. Wow, that's surprising. And he's like one of the... If next to Will, like he's one of the yeah. main characters on the show. Yeah. So the the first two writers who were husband and wife had to convince this basically NBC that 
I found they needed this nerdy kind kind of character to be a counterbalance to um, Will, uh, which makes perfect sense. They actually weren't satisfied. They they were going to completely cut the Hillary character out. Wow, and she's she's probably the third or fourth on the show. Um, yeah, when you think about it, when you move them around, because a lot of people, I, I think from watching the show as a young man, I didn't give Uncle Phil the credit that he deserved, or Aunt Viv for that matter too. Um, it was always the kids stood out, and the, the stories, the storylines was based basically around them. So you know, Carlton to do some stuff from him being on drugs or him doing certain things or him and Will. It just always, if it wasn't based on Will, it was based on Carlton, Ashley, or Hillary. Yeah, so it's it's a good read about to to me um, the the most iconic show that shaped our generation. Um, I did find it one of the interesting nuggets from it is Will wanted to change the theme song after season one. Wow, I'm glad they didn't do that. Yeah, he he um was talked out of it, and then um during one of his pre-show things, because what what he would do is him and DJ Jaffe Jeff would put on a mini um, concert before they started taping. Uh, he came out, and the crowd, you know, was singing the the Fresh Prince song, you know, he went up to the writer like, thank you for, you know, talking me out of it. So um, that was interesting nugget. Um, Also, he got a phone call from Bill Cosby saying the show was a disgrace. He was setting black culture back. Apparently, Bill called him, Martin Lawrence, Keenan Ivory Wings, and a few others. Um, to the point where Richard Pryor, the quote in the book, is um, telling Bill Cosby to g- grab a coke, smile, and shut the fuck up. So, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Um, they remember we went to the uh, Monique show, and she said Bill Cosby did the same thing to her too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, apparently he reached out to a lot of people, and he just didn't. But he didn't like raunchy comedy or or uh, raunchy music, and. He's not the only one that goes on record doing that too. I remember um, uh, Dion Warwick and uh, a bunch of people. Um, they went against NWA and Luke and all them. It, it just it was bad at one point because they they didn't like the new generation of music, you know. And yeah, and and I actually didn't catch this till I read the book, and then I went went back and watched the reunion. The second on the vid, Turk did not interview originally for the 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 role because she didn't want to be on a show with a with a rapper basically like she didn't think it would be successful um wow and it already was successful before she came on there that's crazy well no she was originally supposed to interview uh audition for the original role back in 1990 um oh okay so she was like, when it aired and she saw what it was, she was like, shit. <laughs> yeah, I know she was like, damn, I should have went and jumped on board of that. Cause that that's one hell of a gravy train right there. Yeah, and um, Carlton apparently turned down a role on a different world to uh, audition and play the part of Carlton. So that was, that was interesting, too. Wow. You know, that's crazy. He, you know, he always had been in Hollywood. 
So for them to, to look at Carlton and say that they didn't think he would be a good fit and they had to convince him, that's just crazy because he always had talent. Yeah, they um, – and then in the book they said by episode six of season one, um, one of the writers that doubted – if he was going to be a, the right fit, um, came up to him and told him, I'm glad I was wrong about you. Wow, yeah. That, that's crazy to me, man. But I'm glad it all worked itself out because you're right, Rodney. That is one of the most iconic shows, man, um, especially for our culture, man, for our people. Um, it showed every, it showed things in a positive light. And also, while we on it too, man, I, I give much props and respect to Family Matters too. Um I was a hater at first to a lot of these shows, man. I'm not going to lie. because I used to hate. Uh, Urkel used to irk me so much. I hated them, man. I hated the show. But then when I remember, like, you know, when I went back and watched it again, and also some of the episodes I thought was pretty cool, too. Um, I'm just mad that I didn't get on board the first time. And the same thing with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, too. Um, some of the episodes I wasn't on board with at first when I first watched it. Cause it, you know it was it came on NBC man and uh, NBC always was no black comedy to me. I always kept it to like Fox, and uh, you know at that time they would they would have like their own little things and they would go against each other on certain time slots. So I never really tuned in to Fresh Prince. Um, and then once the other show I think got moved, then I really started tuning in to Fresh Prince. So the first season, the first season I don't think I watched it. The the first uh, when they had the old set, but yeah. I wound up getting hooked after the uh, the first season. Second season, I was on there like crazy. Yeah, so um, it's it's got so many nuggets. A lot of the behind the scene things that was going on with the writers. Um, a lot of behind the scene things between the writers and the cast. Um, between Will and the dynamics he had with the writers and him calling it his show and. How they, um, shoot, he hired one of his friends just to go back to Philly every week to bring back um, slang to, to keep the show fresh. So. Yeah, see, I like that. I like that. Oh, it's got, a, it's got an interesting story about him and Denzel Washington, too, now that I think about it. That he was so determined to be a great actor, um, uh, that when he really started to take it serious as as the season one and season two progressed, he actually cold he he got a hold of Denzel number and cold called him and asked him for advice. Now that's a true legend right there, man. That's one thing I can say about Will Smith, man. He always he always strived to make himself better. Cause that you know at first when he started out as an actor, man, he was shaky. But each movie, man, he was just really good, man. And he progressed, progressed. And he made you believe he was Muhammad Ali. He made you believe he was on a planet by his goddamn self. He made you, you know, it just, this this man is, he's, he's been remarkable. And I, I hate that, like, a lot of times, now when you mention Will Smith, it just goes straight to the slap. And a lot of people just, yeah. They, speaking of the slap, Jada Pinkett is about to release her memoir. Oh Lord, no, Jada, stop, stop it! Oh and if, no! And if I remember correctly, she's scheduled to be here um, at a book signing. But yes, her memoir comes out October the seventeenth. You plan on reading it? 
Um, I just, I don't know. The reason why I'm scared about this memoir is because I don't want it to to drag Will through the mud. A lot of people look at him because of the scandal, because of a lot of things. A lot of people look at him as less than a man than what he is. Me, honestly, I don't look at him. I don't view him like that. Um, people go through hard times. But when you keep putting everything out in public for people to criticize, that's when it becomes a major problem. And I I, I just I hate that it's going to come out like that. Because what, no matter what she says, people are going to either turn a narrative and turn it against him and make him look bad. Regardless of what she says, it's going to make him look bad regardless. So it just sucks. I'm not going to look forward to it. but I am. I'm getting it. I'm going to read it. I feel like I have to. I read, <laughs> I've, I've read his book. I feel like I, I have to read um, hers at this point. Hers, hers would be like super spicy though, man. Because, like she, you know, a lot of stuff that she said on Red Table Talk. Now she's going more in depth about more stuff. So, ooh, just ooh. right now, that's gonna be a lot of spice, man. A lot of yeah. shade, a lot of spice, a lot of tea. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for. I'm, I'm curious to see what she's going to say. I'm also curious to see if she addresses the slap. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, before we get out of here, we got seven minutes left. Um, don't forget to tune in to um, Ladies First, the story of women in hip hop that just came out today on Netflix. It's a four part limited series. So I started episode okay. one. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out too. Yeah, definitely make sure y'all check that out. Um, there's a couple other shows that are pretty good too. Um, check out Twisted Metal on Peacock, which is really good too. Uh, Anthony Mackie plays the, and it's a bunch of other guest stars, but Anthony Mackie is the uh, star of the show. Check it out. It's really good. Um, Rodney also, since we're on the hip hop thing also, um, you got a special announcement of a, a few events going on at the immersive gallery. So so Go ahead and get into it. Then. This Friday we have our usual immersive karaoke. Um twenty dollars off the whole day. Karaoke from eight to we say eleven, but eight to whenever y'all get tired. Um and then Saturday we do have the unveiling of the new immersive exhibit. Um kind of an apprentice safari theme. Um, it's pretty dope. Uh, bring your folding chairs with you that day. Uh, and then August 25th, we have another karaoke night, but we're doing a salute to 50 years of hip hop. And then August 26th, we do have a live band joining us from 7 to 2 in the morning. Then the 27th, we actually have our first pop-up shop. And then also on the 27th at 6 o'clock, we have a chakra uh, meditation person coming in. So tons of stuff going on. All right. And I'll be there for mostly all of those, too. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and I forgot also, the, the podcast workshop. There you go. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Podcast workshop. Um, 
August 26th. Um, so the 26th, 26th and 27th are jam-packed with events. Um, so, but join us on Friday for karaoke. It's half off, half off admission all day. Um, but join us. Cool vibe. Great people. So, yeah, I'm excited, man. I always love me some karaoke. It's going to be a good time. Um, come through, have a good time with us. We're going to turn up. Yeah, so, um, trying to think. I think we touched on everything. No, no big new music this week. I'm still liking that B.I. album, Killer Mike, listening to Nas. Rhapsody basically did say her album is dropping soon, so looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, Yo Gotti came out with a DJ drama uh, mixtape. It was pretty dope. Um, that's what I basically had listened to. A um, couple of dope songs on there. Give you some old school vibes. I was feeling that. Oh, um, it's another guy, too, that I really like. Oh, man, what the heck is his name? Uh, he's out of Texas, man, and uh, he got a song called Johnny Dang. It's going to come to me, Rodney. He's going to come to me. Johnny. Uh, you said the name is Johnny Dang? Uh, Johnny Dang was the song, uh, was one of the songs from it. Hold on, I'm going to tell you right now. The Mexican OT. Check it out. Okay, the Mexican, the Mexican OT. OT. Paul Walker. Yeah. That's the name I haven't heard in a while. Yo, it's crazy. Listen to that album is nuts, man. And like, I was kind of surprised. In, in my honest opinion, I think that's has to be probably the, one of the top five albums this year, in my opinion. Um, I I never knew that this guy was spitting like that, and he's really good. Like that, that blew my mind. I think I like that better than Travis Scott album, especially coming out of Houston. He's out of the Houston area too, so yeah, check him out, y'all. Yeah, I'm I'm going to God the fact that he got Paul Wall on this. Yo, in the song Fire too, Rodney is fire. Okay, so you got your new music, Marching Order from Tommy. Um Netflix, check out that Lady First, Women of Hip Hop. Um, it's got a whole bunch of people. A very, very good miniseries. I can't wait to be able to sit down and finish all the episodes. And and if you're into reading, check out the Fresh Prince Project. And we will catch y'all on the B-side. Peace. <laughs>